Welcome to another episode of Video Game Logic. Today's episode was recorded on March the 17th, 2020. I'm your host, Game of Psychologist, and with me, hiding in his bunker... Caffeine Rage. On today's show, we will, of course, be discussing games played this week, or this past week. Jeff Keighley brings 40 free game demos to Steam amid cancelled trade shows. Lego teams up with Nintendo for Lego Super Mario. Doom Eternal Collector's Edition won't ship with everything. And we'll have a Steam Discovery queue. Timestamps will be in the show notes following their respective topics. Hello, Rage. Hello. How are you? Uh, well, so far not sick, so I got that going for me, which is nice. Yeah. I'm currently no more sick than I have, or than I normally am. Uh, of the Monder body. Uh, yes. No? Maybe. We'll go with that. So, for those who are listening to this in a future date, uh, this is we're recording this in the middle of... Well, I shouldn't say the middle. Because that entails that it's going to be over in the next week or two. But the very beginning of the global pandemic, that is COVID-19 or the coronavirus. Indeed. Uh, unrelated to the beer, by the way. There's, mm-hmm. there's some idiots around here that... Okay. This should tell you my state, Okay. Well, for one, my state just got uh, announced today that they have uh, a confirmed case of it in the state, making it the completing the full set of 50. Uh, but let's be honest, it was here before. We just were not testing for it as well as we should have been. And it was making people feel indestructible in, in doing stupid shit. Like the church that's just across from my house. Uh, they were still open, and there was it was about half capacity, or thereabouts, and they were all shaking hands and being buddy buddy. I'm just, and both Adida and I were just standing there like you idiots. Uh, yeah. There's signs around here saying that Jesus is more powerful than COVID nineteen or COVID fifteen. Sorry, it's uh, COVID. They they said COVID fifteen or, 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 or COVID nineteen. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't put it past the super religious types to get the science wrong. No, no, it's COVID. It was COVID nineteen. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, we we talked somewhat about this last week, although most of that was cut because we were just for potential Franken content because we were mm-hmm. just kind of chatting before the show, blowing off some steam. Talking about how ridiculous it is that everyone was buying all of the toilet paper. Um, and it, it quite possibly came across that we were being kind of flippant last week, though, with what did make it into the show. Uh, um, well, and, what we were flippant with was people buying toilet paper en masse. Very true. Um, but I mean, just at the top of the show, we want to stay just, safe. <laughs> yeah, stay safe. Stay up to date on what's up with your local. Laws, regulations, restrictions, etc. I know that some of you live in places like California, Massachusetts, etc. Um, you know, much higher populated areas than than Rage and I live in. Um, probably with much better local responses than what we have living in the the deep south. Um, although even in my state, because of you know population centers like Chattanooga and Nashville, 
and Memphis, um, the mayors and, and local governments and, you know, like very local governments are making proper recommendations and, um, I sent basically curfews and limitations and things like that. Like, yeah, well, we're, my state just shut everything down. The The schools are going to be down for at least a couple of weeks. Uh, the, all restaurants, uh, or takeout or drop through only now. And, uh, pretty much any entertainment venue is just shut down. Yeah. Um, which I think is here. the response. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, also knowing that most of you are American and I don't know what all jobs that you do have. Um, if you are someone who does have to go to work still and you're not either working from home or just on leave, uh, be doubly safe. Hound your supervisors until, you know, they let you go stay home. I'm not going to tell anybody to quit. I don't know your financial situation. We had a couple of people threaten to quit at our office if we didn't get some answers from the upper management today. Um, which I, I didn't know that some people well, we didn't know what the plan was. Our upper management is horrendous. It's probably that way for most places, but, um, I'm part of like the first phase of their coronavirus response plan, quote unquote, because I'm a high risk person being diabetic. Um, so I have the potential to have a, a severely compromised immune system. I'm doing pretty good, but I wasn't going to argue with them. Like, you know, obviously the, the risks are higher for me, but if you keep your diabetes pretty properly managed, your, your risk factor is a lot lower than someone whose diabetes is out of control, for example. But when they said that and they're like, yeah, you get to go home. And I'm like, okay, sweet. Thumbs up. See ya. So I'm, I'm doing therapy and other potential services from home for the foreseeable future. For my state, um, we're probably going to follow whatever the school schedule is. And schools right now, statewide, are shut down until the middle of April. I believe it's April 16th is their return date for now. But April 16th is Thursday. Maybe it's April 13th. Um, I definitely know it's not the 20th. But anyways, that's the return date for right now. Actually, I don't so, know what the return date is right now. I think that it's still in limbo for my state. Yeah, uh, well, an- they have said it could change for our state. Yeah, Anita is right now on uh, administrative, well, not administrative leave, uh, essentially work from home as well because she was in, uh, she was in Florida. She was at the Magic Kingdom the day they announced they're shutting down at the end of the week. Yeah. I mean, that should t- uh, tell you the timing of things. <laughs> yeah. So, but on top of, you know, stay safe, keep up to date, um, go get medical care if you need to, things like that. Um, I, I don't know. I know of a few people in our group who do. I suspect there's more that I don't know about, but particularly people with mental health related issues, depression, anxiety, times like these are extremely stressful, um, and can exacerbate those problems in various ways. Please, if you take medication, Please make sure that you have enough supply to get you through potentially a couple months um, of, I won't say necessarily a shortage, but, you know, difficulty getting it in case of supply shortages or staffing shortages. Um, on top of that, if you have a counselor or some type of care worker that you go see, perhaps a, a it, the names vary by state, but something like a case manager or a case worker, um, a therapist. Uh, psychiatrist, med provider, 
etc. Uh, check in with them to let them know how you're doing. Um, see if they've got any protocol for you to follow. Um, be sure to engage in, in, uh, social activities that are appropriate, obviously like physical social distancing. But if you're someone who listens, but has never really participated in our discord, um, please feel free to join. We'll make sure that everybody gets a link that needs one. Currently, as we record this, we've got four people sitting in general chat playing, they're playing rocket league earlier. I don't know what they're playing right now. Uh, uh, it looks well, like they might just be chatting. Yeah. But, you know, regardless, like, there's people on here all the time. Um, if you've got other potential, like, Discord or Facebook or whatever support groups, please be sure to engage in those. Um, I'm going yeah, to be uh, giving... Having some sort of routine uh, is very helpful as well. If you're used to getting up at a certain time to go to work, or even though you may be stuck at home, Having some sort of routine that you adhere to does help with your mental abilities your, uh, to just not go stir crazy. Yeah, for sure. Um, if you don't exercise, if you do exercise, keep it up. Do what you can at home. If you don't exercise, uh, start doing some mild exercise. There's a ton of good YouTube videos that can give you some basic at-home exercises. Um I can, if you wanted to talk to me about some stuff, feel free to. I, I talk to people about this stuff all the time. I'm also going to get some links to some basic coping skill and, and grounding skill resources to put in the show notes, um, particularly if you have anxiety. Um, they're pretty self-explanatory. I use these in group therapy all the time to teach people coping skills. If you have questions, please don't hesitate to message me on Discord, on Steam, on, on uh, Twitter. Wherever. And I would be happy to talk you through, walk you through them. Um, and then if at any point in time you feel like you need some support, um, but your other systems, uh, either you don't have any other systems, perhaps you have never been treated or you've never experienced these symptoms, but this type of panic and perhaps isolation is making you feel depressed or anxious, contact me. Um, you know, I'm going to be working from home, so I'm going to be pretty much at my tied to my desk for the next few weeks, which, you know. I'm pretty happy about that if I'm honest, but I'm going to be around. <laughs> so I will make time for you. I can talk to you through anything that you need. Um, I mean, I'm, this is not like a charge or an insurance thing, you know, don't worry about it. I'm here to help. Yeah. So. Just have your steam trading cards ready. <laughs> yes. And just in case you don't, aren't aware, that's a joke. That's an in joke we've had for a long time, but perhaps you didn't know that. Um, but yeah, you don't, it's free of charge. I'll do anything I can to help anybody that I can. So yeah, it's just, just want everybody right to now, stay just, uh, stay safe. Uh, it might be a good time to look in uh, to free resources. I know uh, a couple of culinary schools are releasing some of their courses online. Uh, my local library system is releasing some of their stuff so that you don't have to have a library card in order to take part. So I would say also just look to see what is available, even just online, to be able to. Uh, occupy yourself if you are in a situation where you're pretty much having to stay at home. Yeah. All good suggestions. We just want everybody to stay as, as safe and sane as possible. So we love you and we hope that you're okay. As okay as you can be. Fingers crossed. None of us catches the plague. 
Or if we do, it's, you know, we're in that percentage that, you know, it's not that big a deal. Yeah. Um, so. Well, that serious, got heavy. <laughs> serious talk over for now. Till yeah. the next time. We have to yeah, do till one next of these. week. Yeah, till next week. Next time on well, Dragon Ball Z. Everybody's uh, got COVID-19. It's over 9,000 <laughs> cases. <laughs> oh. Yay, dark humor. All right. There's uh, no really I, good way. And now oh, I'm sorry, just imagining uh, the Dragon Ball Bridge version of it. <laughs> yeah. So there's no good way to transition away from that to anything else. So um, games we played this week. Rage has been focusing pretty hardcore on Outer Worlds for Game Club. Yeah, just when I've, uh, I uh, got my new cat, so it's been, uh, I had to spend time... Uh, letting her settle in, which the first few days was kind of she. Uh, it was like dog software and a cat and cat hardware. She followed me around constantly. Yeah, and required a lot of attention. So didn't really get to do really even half the stuff I wanted to do uh, uh, during last week. So hmm. yeah. So I'm going to take, I'm pulling a couple of games from my backlog to talk about really quickly. This shouldn't take me long. One of them I've discussed on a podcast from, oh, probably two years ago now. Um, But I mean, it's not a ton to talk about. And then the other one is like super quick. So something that I've been playing here recently is I was thinking to myself, you know, I haven't played poker in a while, like a poker game. I just want something that's pretty simple and quick to get into to play some some poker. Primarily Texas Hold'em. That's my favorite type of poker to play. Um, and I mean, there's a ton of of apps and free games and just like kind of bullshitty ones. Um, and I tried a couple out, and I wound up sticking with Poker Legends Texas Hold'em, which this is a mobile game that has come to Steam. And you can connect your accounts together, which is one of the things that I like about it. Basically, I mean, it's a poker game that's not super um, microtransaction heavy. I mean, they're there. You can buy, like, packs of chips. You can buy, I think they're called premium chips or premium coins or something that you can use to, like, spin a wheel to get randomized chips and rewards. But, I mean, basically, they do a weekly tournament every week. And depending on what table you play at, um, lower to higher stakes tables, you essentially earn higher places in the weekly tournament and can get bonus rewards that way. It's got some nice features that not all of these games have. Like um, it's got a, a hand chart that tells you what the types of hands are and it'll, it'll tell you what your strongest hand is on the table and give you percentages for you know how good your hand is and your chances of winning and things like that. That's really handy. It's got an interface that works both as a mobile title and on PC. Um, and I have played it on both. I primarily play it on PC. When I play it, it's like, okay, it's like, I want to go to bed in like 20 or 30 minutes. I want to unwind with a few hands of poker and maybe drink like a cup of tea or possibly have a snack or something, but just like chill out and unwind for a little bit before I go to bed. And I, I've been playing this game mm, three maybe four days a week like that. Occasionally I'll play it a little bit at work. Um, I mean, really there's not much else to say. Like it's a solid poker game where you can play it on PC, connect your account to mobile. So you could also play it on the go and keep the same chip pool. 
Um, and it's got a wide variety of tables to play at. Uh, so any, all the way down from 10,000 up to, I can't remember if it was 10 million or a hundred million for your buy-in. Um, in other it, words, it, a hell of a lot. Yeah. I mean, it suffers from the same kind of problems that unfortunately a lot of poker games do because it's like the money is not really real. Sometimes you get people who are just like all in on every hand and that, that ruins the experience for me. Um, cause it takes all the strategy and sort of fun out of it. Cause it's basically, it's like, well, if you go all in every hand, I'm going to fold every hand until I get something like ridiculous, good, ridiculously good and kind of hope for the best. So, but I, I honestly, I haven't seen that happen too much at certain tables, like playing at like the, the super cheap table, like the thousand dollar table. It happens all the time. Then playing it like a couple of the in-between tables, like the 10000 and the $100,000 table buy-ins, it doesn't happen as much. The million-dollar buy-in table, it seems to happen a lot. And I don't know why, but I tend to stay towards the, the tables where it doesn't happen as often. But um, otherwise, it's just a pretty solid poker game. It does have like a friend system and stuff. You can join tables with your friends. You can send... I mean, it does the mobile thing where it's like, Add friends and send them gifts of chips every day. And like, I get messages from people like, Hey, be my friend so we can send each other gifts. And I'm like, No, I'm good. I'm just practicing social distancing. That's right. I'm practicing social distancing. Um, I've got one like poker buddy that we wound up at a table for a long time and he was, he started using, you know, the, uh, the in game chat system to like message me. And he's like, hey, you seem to play pretty consistent. I like that. We should be buddies and play. And we've played a couple of times, but I mean, we've not, we've not like talked or anything. Just like, hey, you're, you know, someone I can play with. So that's been all right. But otherwise, I basically just re- rejected everybody else who's like sends me like a message like, buddy for chips. I'm like, no, no, thank you. I'm good. So yeah, Poker Legends, Texas Hold'em, Poker Tournaments. Fun poker game that's you know fairly microtransaction bullshit ad free two thumbs up exactly what i wanted nothing more um and that that leaves the other game that i've played a lot recently one of the other games um anno 2205 the anno series stretches back a long time um and uh, the first time I talked about this, I think, was when you pointed out to me that the anno, the numbers in the anno titles always spell out nine. That blew my goddamn mind. Or yeah, add, add, did I say spell out? I mean, yes. add up. They always add up to nine. And the number is the year. So this is the most futuristic anno game set in the year 2205. So far. Yeah, so far. The, the previous one was 2070. Um, but in 2205, basically the world, uh, became Waterworld. I don't know if you guys have seen that movie, but climate, uh, or global warming, massive climate change resulted in the melting of the polar ice caps, sea levels rose. And the destruction of Kevin Costner's career. Pretty much. Um, sea levels rose. And so most of the city or most of the world is flooded. Sort of the only areas that are left are some, some polar regions that have managed to be preserved by technology. And, um, you know, what used to be mountain ranges. And there's like a few random islands. And you are the head of a corporation. 
who is tasked with essentially climbing the ranks to become the top corporation and also essentially like help rebuild the world as part of this process. And initially you're assigned like a territory and like one of the nice regions um, and you build up and because it's futuristic, you get some neat stuff like space elevators and you get to go to the moon, build on the moon. I've got the ultimate edition, which comes with all of the DLCs. So it adds extra um, territories for all three uh, which is the moon, the Arctic tundra, and the tropical zone. So you get additional territories. I'll talk about those in a minute. And then it also adds the, uh, it adds a space station. You get an orbital space station, which is basically research to upgrade, uh, either specialize or upgrade um, your existing buildings and equipment. And then it adds um, another region. Um, which is, okay, so that one's the Tundra. It's Arctic and Tundra. Sorry, I combined those two. It has the Tundra region, which is um, based on an existing plot of land in the real world where there's like a seed vault. I don't know if, if you or the listeners have heard of that, but essentially there is a place in the world where we store... Well, there's a couple, um, but yeah. Yeah, there's or- a couple places in the world where we store seeds and other like genetic materials of of crops and species so that, you know, if there is some type of apocalyptic event, potentially we could revive or recreate those species in the future. And so you're at one of those sites trying to recover this seed vault. Um, So you get to choose one starting territory for each of the regions as you go along throughout the game, as you unlock them. Um, And then you can purchase additional territories later on in the game. And each territory has got uh, a unique bonus. So, for example, one of the tropical climates has got a bonus to all organic production. So, uh, fruits and vegetables, uh, meats, um, rice, like anything that you, you grow there. But then it's got a reduction. Uh, like, it, it has a thing that balances it out. It's got a reduction on mining. So, you know, you don't quite mine as much there. So, you know, you kind of go for pros and cons. Each sector also has a sector project, which provides some type of unique bonus. Sometimes resources. One of the tropical sectors, like you rebuild this old dam system, um, hydroelectric power. uh, And then you get like a huge boost of power in that region. Um, So there's, you know, there's various ones that do quite a few different things. Some of them give you like special... um, equipment or items some of them give you additional uh space elevator allocation which you can use to trade goods um to like the big hub space station but i mean for the most part it's a you know you go about building all of these things building up your economy um it very quickly becomes um a a globalization effort because certain resources can only be produced in in certain regions but are oftentimes needed by multiple regions. So for example, you can grow like fruit. Um, it's, I mean, it's basically orange juice. I think they call it fruit drinks, but the picture of it is like a carton of orange juice. Those can only be grown in the tropical region, like the, the fruit to make the orange juice, but orange juice is required in uh, three of the four regions that you can go to uh, everywhere except space. So you because have to grow this. Time. Yeah. So you have to grow this in the tropical region and then ship it to other parts of the world that need it. And you have to manage that supply. 
I have I've not played too many of the older Anno games. I have heard that 2205 is the most user friendly with how much information it gives you. Previously, you had to do sort of a lot of um, math on your own to figure out what some of these things were and like where there was a um, a lack of supply for certain goods or materials. And 2205 tells you pretty clearly like, okay, this region is missing X number of this resource to operate at peak efficiency. Most of it comes down to money. You're, everything simplifies down to, am I providing everything that I need so that I can basically have the largest population, charge the most taxes, therefore get the most money? Um, and essentially you're, you're growing that rate, going down more and more complex supply chains to get to super specialized goods like uh, gravity manipulators, uh, exoskeleton suits, replicators, like, you know, Star Trek style replicators, things like that, um, to supply your population, you know, those luxury type goods. Uh, the research from the space station, uh, you can recruit astronauts from your various regions and they each provide different specialties for your space station. And that number basically just kind of grows over time. So one, uh, astronaut center can supply eventually an infinite number of that type of astronaut, it just takes time for them to be built up and sent up to the station. Um, but they do research on the space station, which can do some things like just offer flat out bonuses, like 25% production boosts to all power production facilities, for example. Then there's some really specialized ones, which are like um, all luxury uh, food production now can be ma uh, made using just rice, which really simplifies and makes that supply chain easier, for example. Um, there's also some stuff that relates to combat. Anno 2205 has a combat system. Uh, it's a really bare bones, super simple, real-time strategy uh, element. Uh, by the end of the game, you have, I believe, seven naval vessels of different types that essentially serve as different... You get like a tanky one and one that's like long range and a couple that are sort of average all around and a couple that are like super fast, like that kind of stuff. Um, and you've got some pretty basic missions that pretty much all boil down to blow up X number of Y things. Uh, for the most part though, they can actually be ignored. There's a couple that are required for the story, but usually when it pops up for that, it wants you to do a mission. It's like do this combat mission or, reach the next corporation level, which just comes through straight up growth and development of your corporation. So by and large, you can ignore the combat if you really wanted to. Uh, every once in a while, the main bad guy will sort of invade one of your territories and it can do different things like um, they can essentially prevent it from shipping goods in or out, which can, that's the worst one because it can cause a huge knock on effect on the rest of your, um, corporation especially if they hit like your major hub because your population will drop off if you're not providing all the resources that they need and then that will have a knock-on effect if you have less money and then you start going in the red and your investors will hate you and event i mean that can cause the the worst negative effect um but there's other ones like they prevent you from building any new buildings in an area or um they prevent you from accepting any new side missions or or something like that so 
by and large, you can ignore combat except for a few specific times where you have to for the story. And then occasionally whenever they hit one of your like major supply hubs. And that's generally the gist of the game. You're trying to become the biggest, most powerful corporation. It takes you through like 20 something. I think it's 25 or 26 sort of quote, like story goals that just kind of serve to help guide you along the way. And then the last one is like, get this thing. Like it, it tells you to do like a specific thing and they're, you know, you're using all of the skills and, and knowledge you've built up throughout your entire playtime thus far to be able to do like the 30 something steps that it takes you to get to that final thing that it wants you to do. But I mean, I, I, I really like it. Um, it runs well. Uh, you know, this is pre my PC upgrade, which I guess I kind of forgot to talk about until just now. I might skip over that this week. Um, but it was, you know, it was pre yeah, my let's PC. see if you could get the, uh, uh, H or the, uh, your M.2 drive working, right? Yeah. I should have the new one later this week and have that so I can do the whole saga maybe next next week. But anyways, um, you know, I, this was before I got my upgrades and it still ran easy. Uh, 120 FPS. It's primarily a, a CPU bound game. It came out in 2015, so it's not like super old. But it's old enough that anything you have that's like mid-tier from the last few years shouldn't have any issues running the game. The only problem that, that you might uh, have with it is that it has de novo, anti-tampering, whatever. And then it requires you to launch Uplay to run it, even if you have it through Steam, which I do. Um, and sometimes in the background, it will prevent, uh, Uplay will prevent it from closing out properly on steam and so you'll have to either force close and restart steam to do other stuff or maybe even restart your whole pc which is annoying for sure but other than that i i haven't had any performance problems no crashes no major bugs or issues running the game so um i've enjoyed the 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 first anno game i ever played was 2070 um and then i played one maybe two of the older anno games and then this one. I haven't played the more recent, what was it, Anno 1800? Yeah. Or something like that. I haven't played that. I haven't played the Anno Online. I haven't played the older. It, uh, only other than the one or maybe two that I've played, because there's several older Anno games. Um, but I mean, I, I like this game. I, I like this series that I've played so far. Um, it's on sale right now as part of the Ubisoft sale on Steam which I believe is running for a couple... Is it a couple of weeks? Let me look. How long does this sale go for? Uh, it doesn't say on the Steam homepage. It's on sale until March 26th, which is next Thursday. So from time of recording on March 17th, it's going to be on sale until next week, March 26th. You can get the ultimate edition, which includes everything for twelve fifty, um, or the basic edition for ten bucks. But really, I mean, I think if you're gonna buy the game, just get the ultimate edition. It's all the stuff that it adds is worth the extra two or three bucks on the uh, the sale price there. So, it's got some other features that I haven't messed with. Um, it's got like an entirely other game mode where you open up like to the stock market. 
and then you have to like directly compete against other companies' stocks, and you can be bought out, or you can buy out other companies. I have no idea how that works. I did not want to try that until I sort of finished the story. You can turn it on at any time, but if you choose to turn it on, you can't turn it off. So, that would be interesting and difficult to do, I think. And I might try that at some point. I don't know. But, uh, yeah. Good game. Really like it. Yeah, I've avoided uh, getting this Anno just because of the third party stuff and the online requirement. Because, uh, right? Yeah. So... That is it for games played this week, and yeah, next week yeah, well, probably. Well, we can't talk about Outer Worlds because that's still a couple weeks out, hopefully, or three weeks In- out. Indeed. Um, oh, oh, I should say hopefully because who knows, right? At the rate yeah. things are going. Yep, and I will talk about my computer saga probably next week, unless my the shipment for my uh, M.2 replacement drive is delayed. But that's going to be fun to discuss also my computer got hotter than the surface of the sun but we'll get there too yeah you would think that you would have uh, you know killed this virus because was there supposed to run out by the summertime yeah something like that all right so moving on to the news um we we struggled a little bit to get news for this week. I suspect the next couple of weeks are going to be worse. Yeah, we may want to prepare some general topics. Let's be perfectly honest here. Yeah, we'll see how things are maybe next Sunday or Monday. And if it's real looking real bad, we'll uh, we'll prepare some general topics. But uh, our first news topic of the night, Jeff Keighley brings 40 free game demos to Steam amid canceled trade shows. So we're kind of using this as like a little, little bit of a, a twofer. Um, what Jeff Keighley is doing and all the canceled shows. Yeah, so E3's gone, so hey, we uh, don't have the E3 extravaganza this year. Yeah, I have mixed feelings about that. I mean, on the plus side, yeah, we're not going to have to deal with EA, but on the downside, well, didn't EA already say that they were planning on doing one this year? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think so. I think they were just going to do like a direct style thing. Um... But, I mean, you know, the whole thing is just a mess and a lot of... It's just a lot to go through, no matter what they do, you know, EA, other companies. Um, so, having that sort of... Or the the lack of that commotion. You know, on the one hand, like, it's kind of like this weird little event that we all enjoy and participate in. But on the other hand, it's like, God, that's a fuck ton of work I don't have to worry about. Yeah. Even for our little show, it's a lot of work to sit through all that stuff and make notes and then talk about it. And Yeah, especially whenever it's a lot of, okay, now here's the esports section. Uh, kind of, I have to still pay attention because, you know, they may talk about something, right? Yeah. Might have that one. Or how fucking cringy it was. Yeah. I think Devolver is still supposed to be doing something around that time, yeah. like doing their... Yeah, they're going to do a, uh, essentially a Devolver Direct. It, it is going to be absolutely insane. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah. When this happens, we're going to have to talk about it. Agreed? Yeah. Because... Oh, yeah, 100%. Well, well they've had... Their, their thing has also had some sort of storyline. So... 
they went into uh, the Matrix. They've uh, done Terminator. Robocop. Robocop. So, uh, what is the next one going to be? Plague Inc.? Oh, possibly. <laughs> I mean, it's a shame they already uh, did the Matrix one, because can you imagine doing the Matrix one on a just a direct? That would be interesting. Well, well to be fair, let's be honest. It wasn't live. I mean, they were taking clips of reaction shots from other shows, but it was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. It just... I think GDC is canceled as yeah, well. Yeah, GDC is canceled. Pretty much everything up until like June right now. It, all the major shows are canceled. Yeah, uh, including E3, which is early June. I mean, I'm starting to wonder if my little anime con I, go, I went to last year is going to happen this year because that's still October, so you know, a couple m- more months out. But yeah, the way things are going, right? Yeah. Um, we'll see. We'll see. So, yeah, and then the other part of this is Jeff Keighley is bringing a bunch of these games. Like, he, he's done something like this similar before, but it seems like he's gotten a larger collection of games just yeah, in response to all the... Yeah, it's 40 of them, and supposedly some pretty high-profile indie stuff, and it's going to go live uh, tomorrow. Well, tomorrow for us, March 18th, and it'll go till the 23rd, which is... uh the Monday after the, this episode drops. So, uh, yeah, maybe we'll pick out a couple uh, demos each to check out. How's that sound? That sounds good. I will look into that. Do we want to uh, but, try to purposely pick out different ones or just go for it? I think we should just go for it and see what we come up with. Um, right now, there's no official list of games uh, yet. Um, there might be one, but well, yeah, no, pretty it much comes this out is tomorrow, what so was scheduled probably... to take place uh, during the PC game show and all that as well. So, uh, I mean, it sucks that we're not going to get the PC game show this year, but right, yeah. But uh, this will be interesting and fun. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing some interesting indie games. It, it makes me wonder. We talked about E3, you know, it feeling like it's out of place. It makes me wonder if this is going to be like the year that's, you know, without E3, people are going to be like, well, why even bother next year, right? I think that's going to happen. I think, I don't want to get too far into this conversation because it goes way beyond the scope of games and dips back into some pretty serious discussions. But I think we're going to see a lot of things change after this year. I I, I, I kind of hope so, uh, especially politically wise, because, oh. Well, political in terms of like work and the way that um, society as a whole views things like telecommuting and uh, a digital yeah, space. Yeah, it's kind of funny how many people couldn't telecommute and then sound like everybody could telecommute, right? Yeah. Or, or also even the fact that the internet is more of a utility now than it, I think people want to give credit. Yeah. So, I mean, we're going to, I think we're going to see some pretty big shifts. I don't, you know, I couldn't even begin to speculate on any like real amount, you know, but I mean, there's going to be some big changes in response to this in a lot of different ways. And I think that that's, this is going to be part of it. I think that from, you know, a game's perspective, all of these companies who have kind of been resistant, who have wanted to stick to sort of the old way of doing things, being forced to do it differently, are going to be like, Oh shit, we can do the same 
get the same level of publicity on the same announcements for way less money, way less time invested, and our audience is going to is going to like it more. Because Nintendo Direct has been one of the most successful things Nintendo has ever done in the last decade or so. Everyone that I know of and that enjoys games and game and, and participates in game journalism um, who cares at all about console games and even people who don't sometimes like me and you don't really care all that much about console gaming, but every once in a while, something from a Nintendo direct will creep up in here. And yeah, I mean the, so, uh, the, sorry, the Nintendo Labo, for example. Yeah. So I think that was one of the best things that Nintendo's done in the last decade and all these other developers and publishers and whatnot are about to discover just how powerful of a tool that can be for them. And I'm pretty positive E3 is never going to be as big as it was before, and it might not even come back at all in any capacity. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I mean, let's be honest. We're on day, what, four of this crisis? Well, sort of. Well, okay. Crisis in this country. We're yeah, like, from an American perspective. Yeah, we're, we're on, like, month three of this crisis, if we look at it on a global scale. But we're talking about what could happen on day, yeah, after a year. And yeah. there's just not enough information, because, let's be perfectly honest, things have been just fucking crazy. Yeah, and honestly, we're not even sure that this crisis is, quote, resolved in other places of the world. Yeah. Like, we don't know if this is going to be, like, previous epidemics or pandemics that have had second and or third waves and things like that. Like, so, you know, it could be over in mm-hmm. in other places of the world. And, you know, three more months is what we're looking at. Or it, you know, we could still be in the first quarter of it, whatever. Yeah, so. I mean, all it really takes is one uh, good mutation, right? That's right. Kind of want to back play to square play one. <laughs> I've been talking about it with several of my coworkers this past week, who play you know games a little bit more casually. They're like, "Hey, have you heard of this game called Plague Inc?" And I'm like, "Oh yeah, I've wiped out the world so many times." But yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited for. Get playing some cool and or interesting indie games. Um, yeah, I'm just hoping that it, yeah, there's something interesting in there because uh, sometimes, you know, I admit I can be a bit fickle on what I like. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. I'm sure we'll find something, right? Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure we will. Given, you know, that it's 40 games, surely we'll find something. I hope so. I do too. All right. Uh, second news topic of the night. Lego. This one gave me a hard a, a struggle in the reading the topics list. Uh, Lego teams up with Nintendo for Lego Super Mario. Yeah, but it's not the Lego Super Mario you were thinking about. <laughs> no. No, indeed. Um, cause I mean, I, I, when I first read it, I was thinking like, Ooh, like a Lego Super Mario game, but no, it's Mario Legos, which is still cool. I mean, that, you know, I'm down for that, but not, not what I was hoping it was. Yeah. 
there's something more here than just a Mario set. Uh, did you watch the video? No, I did not. I just read the article. Yeah, there's a uh, introduction, an introductory video to this that it's not just a Lego set, but it's sort of a real world platformer with uh, the Mario figure having some sort of uh, 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 little computer in it. Oh, I see that. He's got like a display on his chest. Yeah, that's... Uh, yeah and as you stomp Goombas or hit uh, uh, blocks and that sort of thing, it uh, has uh, a reaction to it. So it's not just a Lego set, but it's sort of a Lego platformer, but it's a yeah, physical Lego platformer, not yeah, a Lego video game like everybody was thinking it was going to be. That's still very cool. So the picture has got it, but I just thought that like he had a coin on his chest no. in the picture. Um, that's interesting. I, I assume it's using the same sort of RFID type stuff that they use with Amiibo. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it does because yeah, that's uh, or or it's in the uh, the RFIDs in the those actual ear buttons because you see yeah. uh, whenever the the kids are playing with it. Uh, it's tapping the top of the Goomba or pressing uh, particular buttons on uh, uh, under piranha plants, that sort of thing, is what's triggering it. So some sort of not quite uh, connection, but an RFID like that is very likely. He's got a blue looking, he's got a Bluetooth symbol on the back underneath or on top of the power button. Uh, I didn't catch that. Yeah, it just flashes up for like a second. Oh yeah, okay. So yeah, there. So maybe it's also some sort of a uh, smartphone connect uh, connection. Maybe. Don't know. I mean, Nintendo likes to do weird things with stuff like this, so I wouldn't be surprised if you could connect it to. I don't know. Uh, actually, your phone uh, I didn't or... even check out the. Uh, did they have it on their official site yet? My kid would like this, but he's too young for this, yeah. which is interesting to think of, because, I mean, his favorite way yeah, to play yeah. with Legos is to build something cool and then smash it. Yeah, this is sort of an intermediate set, like, uh, uh, yeah, uh, more like eight or nine. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Getting this feels on, like it would be good for an eight or a nine-year-old. So, but that's a good catch on the Bluetooth. Thanks. They don't mention it on the press release, though. Just, uh, we're excited uh, to bring Mario into the physical world uh, through interactive and social Lego play. So, it's interesting that's a more constructive, if you pardon the turn of phrase, uh, play than just a, a Lego set. And also, it's not like a Lego minifigure. I mean, this thing is kind of chunky, actually. Yeah. I mean, there's some big, chunky Legos, though. Like, my kid, for his birthday, got a Lego Yoda set mm -hmm. that's, like, huge. It's It's got, like, 1,700 pieces to it. It's, like, a 9 or 10 inches tall. I mean, I, although I guess this is more of, like, like a, a more of a toy thing with, like, sort of Lego hands and feet. That's probably only, like, a couple of pieces. I bet there's, like, the battery and the receiver. And then, obviously, they've got the display and whatever they need to drive the display in there. So, 
Yeah, that's probably less Lego and more just like toy with Lego hands. Which is fine. Lego's done lots of really weird and interesting things. Or sort of unique one-offs over the years. Yeah, I mean, uh, assuming of course that it's not just you know, uh, a handful of pieces as well. It's a little hard to tell exactly how much is in each set as well. Or if it's multiple sets all combined. Yeah. And it looks like uh, there's also a Yoshi in this, according to the uh, article. So it's not going to be just Mario. So, yeah, it does sound like there's multiple sets. I mean, looking at this set and having played with many, many sets of Legos recently with my uh, my kid, I would guess this is probably a pretty small Lego set. Maybe like 250 pieces tops. Yeah, well, it's also it's... more of a uh, uh, old school two D plat- uh, platformer set with uh, yeah. some interactive elements. So I, I think this is going to be a more a little more niche than I think uh, 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 just a Mario Lego set would have been. Mm-hmm. Because oh. Uh, you're looking at people that are kids that are more into a more uh, constructive, uh, constructed, uh, directed play than just, uh, okay, here's Mario, here's a bunch of Legos, go nuts. Which, yeah. It, it's kind of feels a little odd saying that, yeah, uh, it, this is too directed for a Lego experience because Lego, it, it kind of has really two, uh, ideas of thought where you have the uh, sets that are you, know, you build it this way and uh, boom you have a Saturn V rocket or something right or yeah. then you have the batch of Lego you know the bucket of Lego and you know it's just you let your imagination go crazy and this feels like it's not really either of those it's kind of a this weird in between where you're building up the levels but then you have to play by the uh, essentially the game's rules. If that makes any sense. Yeah. No, it does. It looks neat. I like it. I like the idea. I'm always up for new and interesting cool things. Yeah, now the question is, you know, just how much is this uh, sucker? Because I don't see a price tag anywhere. Mm. My best guess would probably be like in the $50 range. Yeah, for the Mario figure, right? Yeah. I imagine uh, sets that had the Mario or the figures are going to be a lot more expensive than, like, boosters. If they do it that way. Because it looks like there's a fair amount of tech in the main uh, play character, the main uh, play piece. Uh, Mario, uh, if they do Luigi, they already said that Yoshi is in it. So I imagine that would bring up the price of those sets, but if they do like booster sets where it's the just the dumb pieces, the pieces that have the RFID tag or whatever piece of tech they're using, uh, in them instead, yeah, I imagine that would be cheaper. I hope. So you're not stuck with just having a single Goomba for your entire level, right? Yeah, kids can enjoy that single Goomba though for like eighteen hours. True. I've seen my kid be more um more interested in a shoebox than a new toy, so Yeah, well uh Anita's niece's uh, birthday is tomorrow and I got her like four pounds of play doh. <laughs> nice. 
Now, it turns out Amazon sells uh, Play-Doh by the, by the bulk. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Kids can find entertainment in a lot simpler things than I think we give them credit for. Yeah. So, let's see. Moving on to our third and final news topic of the night. Doom Eternal Collector's Edition won't ship with everything. Now, normally, this type of news topic probably would have been in the skip list. But one, it's a slow week. And two, the soundtrack is a cassette tape. I mean, there's also a digital version, but you get a cassette tape. And I was just baffled by that. Oh. Like, it's neat. It's cute. But other than sort of probably older people and or audiophiles, who has a cassette tape? Well, at this point, why not? Deck anymore? Because, I mean, there was a resurgence in vinyl. And uh, I know Cuphead did a collector's edition that had a vinyl uh, record with the soundtrack there. So at this point, why the hell not? Plus, it, it kind of sort of fits with the uh, theme because, you know, it's this uh, old school almost, uh, well, actually very old school uh, arena shooter. So why the hell not at this point, right? Yeah, I suppose. But still, I, I'm, I was just baffled by that. I mean, we we had we started having a little bit of a discussion about cassette tapes. Um, I mean, cassettes definitely had some very high quality ones that existed, which I didn't quite realize until more recently watching. Um, I believe Techmoan. Uh, well, there's Techmoan, been... and there's another one that I'm blanking on his name, and I'd have to go digging for. Yeah, he uh, 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 it's constantly wearing like a, a suit. Uh, uh, jacket over yeah, technology uh, connections. Technology connections. Yeah, that's him. I love him. He's so boring, but also uh, so fascinating, uh, but, but so cheesy as well. Yeah, he's super cheesy, and his content honestly is a lot of times like really boring, but at the same time, like super fucking fascinating. Uh, I mean, like, he, t- he did recent... a, 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 the uh, teleprompter. Yeah, he did an episode about teleprompters and how they work. His most recent episode, at least that I've seen. Uh, was about taking apart an old jukebox and oh, showing how. Uh, I think it was electromechanical engineering works. It's like I don't know when I'm ever gonna need to know or use that, but damn it, it's interesting. But also boring. I don't know. I love him. Anyways, I follow him on Twitter. He's been really snarky the last few days. Something's got him all riled up. I don't, I don't know if he's gonna talk about it later, but. Oh, I want to know what it is. But anyways, yeah, one of those guys did a full breakdown on the different types of um, cassettes and tape that were actually used and different quality levels. I think it was actually Techmoan. Well, well, yeah, that was, I mean, that was my first poll. But I know uh, Technology Connections also talked about it at some point. So, yeah, I think both of them talked about it in some some, uh, aspect of it. So, yeah. Uh, uh, talking about uh, just your standard uh, nylon tape or uh, vinyl tape and then uh, the chromium tapes and all that. Mm-hmm. And how uh, 
uh, different uh, uh, mastering techniques uh, greatly improved the audio of uh, cassette tapes. Yeah, and in the video, even with like shitty YouTube compression, you can still hear a vast difference in the different types of tape. I was amazed. Because I've only ever known like the cheap, shitty tapes, you know, from when I was a kid, like the shitty mass produced tapes. Yeah, same. I mean, uh, they really didn't start to innovate, uh, or I should say, really started to get the higher end tapes out there in more of the general public until late in the lifespan of the tape uh, deck. But even then, you know, it was a more expensive or more niche item. So you typically just had the mass-produced vinyl tapes that just honestly sounded a bit like shit. So uh, the the fact that there is a tape, uh, because whatever I saw, uh, uh, Doom uh, 2016 and Doom Eternal lossless digital soundtracks and saw it was a tape, I figured, oh, that's just like a USB drive or something. No, you're right. It was a tape. Yeah, we had we had that like conversation live together. I was like, "Is that a tape?" And then we did did you know two minutes of googling research, and yes, it came on a cassette tape with uh, did download links to digital copies. Yeah, but there's no information about the why. I mean, yeah. I mean, is it the great vinyl shortage of 2020? <laughs> Possibly. Did they use up all the materials making the shitty bags for Fallout 76? Ooh. Probably. Uh, but, yeah. They, uh, people that bought, uh, that pre-ordered the uh, the collector's edition will eventually get it. They will still get the digital codes to download the game. Or download the uh, soundtracks. Uh, but it, it's just... <laughs> It kind of fascinated you on a slow news week, so here we are, right? Indeed. Indeed. Well, I don't really have anything else to uh, talk about about this. Just I was like, it's a fucking cassette, and I am baffled and amused by that. So. And slightly aroused. Oh, yeah, definitely aroused. Um, so... With that out of the way, yeah, I saw nothing from the community content uh, wise. So, as per usual, if you're to email us, vglpodcast at gmail.com or vglpodcast on the Twitter. It's okay, everyone's practicing social distancing this week. Oh, well, they're masters at it, it seems. <laughs> oh, so doobly do. Yes, doobly do for the discovery cube. Yeah, and as per usual, I've had it up, and I got one pretty much immediately. I got record of Lotus uh, War, Diet of uh, Wonderland, the Labyrinth, a old school two D Metroidvania action exploration game. I mean, this looks pretty interesting. This looks like it could have been. Uh, SNES era. Uh, it has some foreign language on it, so I'm not sure if it's going to be fully translated. It's in early access right now, uh, which they're uh, planning on a four-month uh, early access, which the full game is only going to be five to six hours of gameplay, which is 
a little bit iffy and the early access version is only one hour of gameplay so right yeah that's pretty short for a metroidvania that is i think that's very short yeah so maybe it's going to be quality over quantity i mean it is fairly cheap it's what is that 13 dollars yeah 13 and looks like they are uh, translating it into English, Japanese, and Chinese. So, yeah. So, interesting. Like I said, very interesting. So, you got something? something? Yeah, sorry. Something just started playing. I'm like, what is playing? But it was like this uh, trailer for this game. But it was still playing even though I had swapped away from the, you know, the video. Um, so this is Link Incoming Master of Pottery. This is actually the third game on my list. The first one didn't support the English language, and the second one just looked like utter pointless drivel. Um, oh, so well, Master that's of- neat. Yeah, Master of Pottery is a pottery-themed creation and simulation game. Create unique works of art and run your own exhibition hall. Seems like a little bit of a re- relaxing, artistic type game where that you get you're choosing pieces of pottery yeah, to and create and shape cheap. and paint. Four bucks. Yeah, I'm tempted to just buy this and try it. Looks like it came out November of last year, so it's been out for a few months. All of the reviews for it overwhelmingly positive. Um, let's see. One of the top reviews: relaxing, fun, free of microtransactions, affordable, stress-free. Most of all, you get exactly what you pay for. Pottery shaping simulator. Oh, this one says you can put any image on your pot. Oh Uh-oh. no. Oh, oh boy. No. Oh no. And by uh, oh no, I mean oh yes. Uh, do I dare look at the community uh, uh, center for this one? Community oh, I'm, hub. I'm definitely gonna look at the community hub. I will report back <sighs> on my findings of uh, problem. Okay, some of these are actually pretty funny. What what about them are funny? Uh, well, one is literally a barrel. Yeah. One is Papa Smurf and his uh house from the Smurfs. <laughs> That's cute. Let's see, Russian stacking dolls. Actually, uh oh, a Dalek. I mean, this isn't nearly as horrific as I thought it would be. No, it definitely does not seem to be. Seems a lot more wholesome. You know what? That's a good thing. Oh, never mind. If you search uh, uh, most popular all time, uh, there we go. I mean, it's not as bad as I thought it would be, but. Let's see. Most popular all time. Oh, uh, yep. But that's about the only one, actually. Uh, the pancake is in the top, like, five. Pancake. I like that. Oh, there's also Tom. Uh, a little bit further down. Yep. Actually, a couple of those. That's a volcano. I think that's probably supposed to be a penis. Yeah, but then again, everything to you looks like a penis. True. Someone made a soccer ball. That's cool. A Pokeball. A Coca-Cola bottle. Oh, there's a Bulbasaur. Someone took a screenshot of the Steam page and made 
a vase with that wrapped around it. KFC bucket. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's a lot more wholesome than I thought it would be. Uh, there's a, a can of Red Bull. I like this. Yeah, a lot. I, I'm surprised. I like this a lot. I might be buying this to have to relax a little bit. I mean, it's four dollars. I'm, mm, I'm thinking about it. I'll come back to you later. Yeah, while you All think right, about it, I'm going to talk about Blightbird. Blightbird is designed to be a seamless side-scrolling world full of challenging puzzles. Begin your journey and find the Blightbird to save the world. Kind of fitting for this time, huh? Uh, but it released fairly recently. It's a 2D platform or, or 2D uh, puzzle platform, it looks like, with... Uh, uh, according to the reviews, a fairly decent amount of Chinese folklore. So uh, there you go. If you want something a little bit different and uh, more of a, an Eastern flavor, uh, the two reviews that are on it uh, from professional sites, I'm assuming, are completely in Chinese. So uh, not a lot of info on the game, but eh, it's fairly cheap. So it might be worthwhile checking out. Yeah. So, uh, I got a game called Timberborn. Uh, I love this. Lead a society of lumberpunk beavers. Humans have long gone extinct. Will your civilization do better? A game of utilitarianism, economy, and everything is made of wood. It's like a city building simulator. Uh, but you're apparently beavers. I Are I you love angry? It. Oh god, I hope so. That is interesting. Unfortunately, I can't just buy this right now. I would impulse buy this in a Yeah, Yeah, it doesn't look like it's available yet, so I'm adding that to my wish list immediately. Yeah. So I got The Escaper. Unless you want to talk about Timberborn some more. No, you're good. Go ahead. So a 3D escape room game with real-time graphics, I sure hope, and physics-based puzzles. Uh... On the very, very cheap end of things, $4, it almost feels like a mobile uh, game or a mobile uh, port, but I uh, haven't had the chance to look for it yet. I mean, uh, escape room puzzles are kind of, uh, some, or I should say somewhat rare on PC. They're more popular on mobile, but yeah, I mean, 4 bucks, it's hard to go wrong. It has some pretty decent reviews. Uh, overall, it just feel like uh, their sales picture from like the '90s. Fully 3D, real-time detailed graphics, unique physics-based puzzles. Explore four different themed rooms. Carefully hidden clues in the scenery, atmospheric music, and sound effects. But similar to you, what you play, Donut County, and we were here too. So. Uh, if you're into those games, well, it might be one for you. It sounds like there's four different rooms to try to escape from as well. So, four rooms for four bucks. Not too bad. Yeah. So, I got one RPG NPC simulator VR. I don't know if there's a non-VR version of this. It looks like, or it says a VR headset is required, but... I don't know if that is specifically true. Anyways, join the RPG world as an NPC of a secret shop 
Grow your reputation among players by offering better swords, shields, bows, and potions to attract higher levels players. Expand uh, to a blacksmith, mine and smith unique weapons, which can be found nowhere but your secret shop. I mean, I like stuff like this. Sometimes I just want to be like an NPC. And occasionally I would go into like, you know, Skyrim or something before and it's like no fast travel. Walk, eat food, like whatever. Just hang out at a place. Go dig your latrine. Sometimes... Yeah. Sometimes I find this type of thing relaxing. It's got 22 positive reviews. It came out uh, about three weeks ago. It looks neat. Okay, I got an interesting one. Uh, my second Labyrinth Ooh. game, it seems. Labyrinth, The War on Terror. A card-based world simulator where... Uh, well, face the global war war on terror uh, in this engaging two-player strategy game. So, um, looks like on online PvP. So online play is available. Where you're trying to fight the war on terror in this just absolutely absurd-looking game. Honestly, it looks very, very. Uh, cumbersome. I'm not sure if it's one of these games that just looks a lot more complex than what it is, but it's based around a, it looks like almost a CCG uh, aspect. Uh, Card-driven mechanics, 120 event cards provide never-ending combinations. The outcomes vary per round and take great effect uh, on the flow of the conflict. Asynchronous online multiplayer. Okay, that's nice. The system allows for seamless competition from head-to-head. Both are available, so you can both be direct online, head-to-head, or asynchronous, where uh, it's essentially play by email, going back and forth. That's that's a nice feature, and I think uh, something that we should see a lot more of, to be perfectly honest. Steam actually has a system in place where it could build up a asynchronous, where it'll alert you whenever there's a move ready. Uh, yeah. Uh, Frozen Synapse had that, or uh, one of the first ones I know that utilized the system. So it's nice to see if it uses that. Um, more games taking advantage of that. So it, it, that makes it so that you know, not having much of an online fluorescence doesn't really matter as much. Especially if you're playing with a group of friends. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, taking on the War on Terror... With possibly, yeah, with one person being the terrorist. That sounds fun, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Sounds interesting. How much was it? It was... 13 bucks. Okay. It released uh, uh, earlier this week. Oh, sorry, uh, last Thursday. Gotcha. Alright. My next game, Exit the Gungeon. Oh, boy. So this is a sequel, like a direct sequel to Enter the Gungeon. The little blurb says that it takes place immediately after the first game ends. Yeah, well, well, we Um, never got to the end of the game, so we don't know how that actually ended. No, but this is a dungeon climber, question mark? It looks like you're just going up floors, um, sort of 2D side-scroller platforming style. Um... It looks interesting. I'm not going to lie. Um, don't know how much I, I mean, would really like it. I mean, it. it is Devolver, so yeah. They typically are pr- pretty interesting, uh, no, no matter how much you like or dislike the, uh, the 
game uh, subject. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Devolver is one of those game or one of those companies that I think does things really, really well uh, as a publisher. So yeah, I mean, I would try it out. Even if I didn't like the game, I still like the idea of it. Like uh, my friend Pedro was is a good example of that. Yeah, I would try it too, and it looks like it's only ten bucks, brand new, which means that it probably will get quite a bit cheaper on a sale. Um, I mean, it just released today, actually. Looks like it's got some mixed reviews. Um, let's yeah, see. it may just be a little rough on the uh, release, who knows? Yeah. Oh, it looks like this was originally designed as a mobile game. Um, and when that fell through, they did some uh, uh, redesigning to it and then have released it on PC. At least according to what a couple of people posted in reviews. I mean, I'm assuming that that's true, but it might not actually be. So take that with a grain of salt. Do your own research, people. But it does look neat. Alright, your turn. Okay, well, I got another anime fighting game, so why the hell not at this point? One Piece Pirate Warriors 4. So, One Piece uh, fighting game? I mean, I don't follow One Piece, so I have no idea who the hell really any of these guys are but hey uh if you want an, yet another anime fighting game and it's uh yeah that's your jam well there you go right right um so i don't i don't have another one yet oh uh, well my next one is, uh, it looks a lot queue. more interesting okay so i'll go again horizon's gate sorry i'm just pasting everything there we go so Horizon's Gate is a voyage into the wide world of Errol as an explorer, trader, or privateer. Defeat your enemies uh, on land or at sea in the deep but straightforward tactical combat. So sort of, man, this feels so much like an NES game almost. Uh, open world, do what you want sandbox game with some tactical combat on both sea and uh, land. Uh, the, uh, they show uh, almost a... It almost looks like, uh, oh, shoot. Tactics Advance. Advanced Tactics. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, on some of the screenshots. I mean, that's very interesting, but it also looks like it has some sort of story going on with it as well. Uh, not exactly Impulse Spa, 20 bucks. Uh, oh, let's see, eight playable races, unlock 34 classes overall. Damn, that's a lot, actually. With 150 plus abilities and over 100 passive abilities. Almost feels uh, like Mountain Blade meets uh, like uh, uh, Pirate slash uh, exp- uh, Expansionist uh, Europe. Yeah. Uh, looks like so it's got- actually built from some of the tech from two other games. Uh, Void Spire Tactics, which never heard of, and Evlora Tactics. So, same idea or an engine, but uh, with a different world. So, hmm. <laughs> No, well, I wouldn't yep. really call it a reskin either. All right, you're up. So, so I got another one, uh, another city builder. Uh, it's just called Sumerians. It's a city building game set in ancient Mesopotamia, which I think is an interesting setting. Um, I like games that do interesting things like this, like but and there's the potential for like historical um, stuff to be put in the game to help people learn a few things about 
the ancient Sumerian people as you're playing this game. It's a city builder. Um, looks pretty cool. I mean, it looks like a lot of sort of standard city builders of this type, but, you know, the Sumerians thing... I'm not sure if the Sumerians have ever been in any games, except for maybe the Civilization series or something similar. Like, I don't don't think of them when I think of any type of game ever, really. So I think neat setting, something that's less well-known. Uh, maybe uh, something in Age of Empires. Oh, yeah, possibly. But it, it also sort of it feels like putting it in a genre that the type of people that would be into that would also enjoy. So, it's cool. Yeah, I'm just double-checking something real quick. Okay. So, I got one. Million Dungeon. Million Dungeon is a ma- it's a tactical match three game. <laughs> uh, where you're building a, a group of explorers to... Or build your squad for thrilling tactical th- match three actions. Uh, strife plagues uh, the land, and the only uh, one bold adventure has what it takes to unravel the mysteries overtaking the world. So, uh, RPG tactical uh, match three, right? Yeah. No reviews on it whatsoever. It looks like it came out once again last Thursday, and nobody's seen it. It's an early access, but actually looks kind of neat, kind of nice, actually. It has a bit of a sense of humor. Cat warriors and that sort of thing. So it's not taking itself too seriously either. And it's gotcha. right in that kind of uh, impulse buy area of sub 10 bucks. Well, my list is done. So it's up to you. Okay, well, I'm just skipping a couple that's kind of meh. Ooh. Hello. Okay. How about another one from me? Uh... Did uh, you deleted the M on that? Can you fix that? Deleted the M on what? A uh, millionaire dungeon. Oh, oops, that was an accident. Got it. So, vampire fall, uh, vampires fall origins. For countless years, the villagers of vampire uh, have enjoyed a life of peaceful, uh, peace and happiness. But now, rumors are stretching about a, a wielder of dark magic. A witch master. Fearing the rumors to be true, the village musters a militia to prepare for the worst. So it's kind of an old school, uh, like late nineties, early two thousands uh, CRPG with uh, some fairly modern twist in the uh, upgrade mechanics. It looks like uh, it's in the budget range for at least for RPGs at thirteen bucks. Uh, looks like there's a couple uh, one review that's saying that it kind of kills its own atmosphere with the, the jokes and kind of corny writing which is a little bit discouraging and it does feel like it's sort of like in that area era of like uh, late 90s gameplay except with the a more modern uh, upgrade in the battle system I mean not terrible but eh, I mean, it's worth a look if you're into RPGs and on a more uh, a horror-esque area. So, let's see. What's my last one? Huh. Okay, interesting enough. So, my last one. Roguelite uh, platformer 
bullet hell uh, game called Metal Unit. Which, yeah, there, Interesting. Yeah, there's a, a, a hell of a title, huh? Metal Unit is a sprawling, side-scrolling platformer with roguelite uh, features. Playing as Janna, a soldier on a mission to capture her tr- her treasonous sister. Wear the M Unit 11 suit and battle against monsters and aliens while uncovering the truth about humanity. And just looking at some of the uh, uh, screenshots, I would say it's uh, a little bit of bullet hellish as well with some possibly uh, choice-driven uh, narrative. Does it look like it's a terribly long game, though? So that may be a little bit troublesome. Although it is still in our access, so duh, duh, duh. quickly looking. It looks like they're planning on wrapping up in quarter two of 2020. And let's see how that plays out at this point. Looks like it's similar to Dead Cells and Moonlighter. So that kind of makes sense. Uh, there will be a huge difference between the full version and the early access version. The full version of Metal Unit will contain the complete ending, new storylines, and countless additional features. On top of that, there will be achievements, trading cards, and in-game content will be updated. So it looks like they're doing quite a bit of update, or uh, it's almost a demo, or uh, just the like the f- very first part of the game. So yeah, seems interesting. Yep. Especially if you're into like Rogue Legacy or that sort of game where, you know, it was sort of a mixture of Metroidvania platformer and with some roguelike element, rogue light elements. Uh, look at some of the, the gifts. It looks like it's pretty action oriented as well. Let's see. Your decision matters. The characters in Middle Unit will suffer through corruption, betrayal, and death, but your decisions will carry significant weight. Uh, and key dialogues and certain actions in the game. So, yeah, interesting. I would say that's worth a look if you're a fan of that genre, and that is me, complete with my discovery cue. Nice! Well, I had an interesting one right there at the end, huh? Yeah, you did. Alright, Rage, why don't you go ahead and hit him with them socials? Well, I've been Caffeine Rage. I'm hitting my bunker, but you can find me on YouTube, maybe sometime, Gaming with Caffeine Rage. You can find me on Twitter, GameOCR, or you can find me on Steam, where I'm Caffeine Rage, well, as well. And you've been? Gaming Psychologist. You can find me on the YouTube by searching for Gaming Psychologist, on Twitter at JMA4707, and on Steam by sending your friend request or your message to JArthur4707. And if you also wish to let him know exactly what episode of the podcast you're coming from, the password for this week is social distancing. Social distancing, also known as being Jared. <laughs> My daily life. Yeah, the life of the introvert, right? Indeed. Yeah, it makes you wonder why you decide to be a therapist, right? It's very different. I hear what you're saying. Very different, though, to do that one-on-one type of conversation than it is to just go hang out with people or meet up. True. You know? uh, I could see that. So, uh, scroll all the way back up to the top of the document. Uh, once again, you can talk, uh, contact us at at jbl.com with their letters, voicemails, game-related topics, or just tweet them to us at on the Twitter. Our lovely, lovely patrons have uh, funded our underground bunker. You find out more at patreon.com slash vglpodcasts. 
And while you're doing that, if you've somehow stumbled upon us and you don't know about the uh, show notes or the RSS feed, bjobpodcast.podbean.com, or you can find us on your podcatcher of choice if you stumbled upon us somewhere else. Because there's always the possibility, right? There is indeed. Our intro and outro music is on the ground by Kevin McLeod and Dibbly Doo is our Discovery Q music. Also by Kevin McLeod, you can find his work over at, at computech.com and... As always, as this lovely music starts to roll across my voice, bye-bye now. See you next time. Bye.